One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Good morning, School of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm really, really pumped up today. We got uh, some really cool um, aspects uh, of this apostolic DNA thing that we're going to dive into today. Um, You know, we've been talking about what the Lord is uh, going to do with the awakening of shepherds that value intimacy with the Holy Spirit and how profoundly different and supernatural that is versus some of these um i would say i would say most of the churches have a mix of the of the of the holy spirit and the law even those that call themselves charismatic still default to some law-based concepts that actually um hinder the fullness of the release of of power okay and um I don't say that in a negative way. I just think it's um, the Lord. The Lord has to do a work, right? The Lord. The Lord has to release a fresh fire that purges us. We talked last time about the Levite priest, and that the Lord prophesies in Malachi three that uh, the fire would be so profound that even those who function as a Levite, um, which most of our churches do in some fashion with tithing, that even the 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 fire would be so profound that. Um, people would be shifted into giving out of their heart instead of a condition and a requirement of the old covenant um, uh, Levite tithing uh, process. Amen. And so we're going to continue today with this apostolic DNA series that we're talking about. And I want to I want to talk about um, discernment, okay? Um, because discernment is something that the church as a whole is. Um, just there's a void of discernment okay i've had i've had people falsely uh describe and define discernment as scriptural um relatedness right can i tell you this that um the scripture can be twisted by demonic spirits okay so so by default i mean james chapter 2 says that satan knows the bible right and if Satan knows the Bible, um, the the intent or description of deception is actually a half truth. They actually use what is supposed to be true to their advantage, because people falsely default to assuming that it's a hundred percent true, um, and ultimately get deceived by an angel of light. Right? Uh, the Bible talks about Satan being masqueraded as an angel of light. He appears true. He appears to say true things. But for his intent, because Satan wants you worshiping him and not God. Okay, so discernment is actually not biblically based. Discernment is Holy Spirit based. You have to know the Holy Spirit so profoundly that you know what spirit is behind what scripture is being portrayed by the people around you. Because a spirit, a demonic spirit, can take scripture and manipulate it. It'll sound true because it's in the Bible. um, But it's for the advantage of the spirit behind the manipulation. Now, how many of you, how many of you been told, uh, read your Bible. If it's in the Bible, it's true. If it's in the Bible, it's true. And there's an element of that that is truth. But... Here's the deal. If you don't have spiritual discernment and you don't know the Holy Spirit and you don't have the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is true, then you missed it. And so we're going to, the intent today is to properly, um, you know, define truth, to properly define um, spiritual discernment. Okay. Because here's the deal. Jesus called truth revelation. Seeing from heaven is what he called truth. In John 5, 19, actually in the book of of John chapter 5, Jesus is in this long documented um, argument with the Pharisees. And remember, the Pharisees 
they knew what the Bible said, but they didn't know the Holy Spirit, right? And they were, they were astounded that Jesus was doing supernatural signs and wonders and miracles. And they, they, were, they were trying to find the formula. Why are you doing miracles, but you are opposing us and not recognizing us as Pharisees, as the great ones? Okay? And Jesus said this in, in John 5, 19. He says, you search the scriptures because in those scriptures you think there's life. Um, actually, I'm sorry. In John 5, 19, Jesus actually reveals first his way, his spiritual relationship with the Father. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing, right? And so Jesus functioned by the vision of the Holy Spirit. He depended on the Holy Spirit to discern situations rather than the Pharisees who manipulated Scripture for their advantage. They actually enslaved the people, right? We talked last time that Jesus actually went from synagogue to synagogue. And if you read Mark chapter 1, it says that Jesus went from synagogue to synagogue to cast out their demons. <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. Um, but it gives credence to the fact that demonic powers are behind manipulation of Scripture. Okay? And that, that function is extremely important for you as a New Testament believer to put your reliance in finding the Holy Ghost and knowing the Holy Ghost and not defaulting to what most pastors beat on you today is read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Okay, the Bible is important, but it does not, it, it does not stand anywhere close to the importance of you knowing the Holy Spirit because only the Holy Spirit can reveal the meaning of Scripture. Okay? Um, and this, this is profoundly revealed um, as the argument in John 5 goes on. And the Pharisees are arguing with them back and forth um, about who Jesus is. Jesus actually confronts them in John 5, 38. Um, and he says, you guys search the scripture because in scripture you think you find life. But you can't, you can't see me and who I am in the power of the Holy Ghost standing in front of you. Amen. So Jesus distinguished himself above scripture. The living Christ is actually the point of a relationship and not the Bible. The Bible is a reference tool and you and you should never worship your Bible. You are not here on the earth to, to worship your Bible because I'm telling you this, if you worship your Bible, you will be deceived because man alone cannot interpret the Bible and find meaning in the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Okay. Jesus distinguished himself above. He is the person that he desires a relationship with you and not simply you becoming a Pharisee, a self-righteous Pharisee who self-defines their relationship according to Scripture. If you don't understand that concept, you're going to have trouble with discerning the Spirit of God, okay? Because if your faith is in Scripture and achieving it, then you default to the conditions of Scripture instead of the freedom of the Spirit, right? We talked last time that in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, you are our epistle, we, that, that the Holy Spirit writes on the hearts of men, right? They don't, the Holy Spirit cannot write on a stone that already has writing on it. And the writing, the Old Testament um, law, is a reflection of a man's sin who self-defines himself and instead, Paul says, no, you are our epistle who the Holy Spirit writes upon. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life, right? And that's an extremely profound concept because that is what Jesus came to do. He came to actually remove the law from your life that you would not be bound and stuck to a self-fulfilling death sentence, but you would be resurrected in your dependence on the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so the voice of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus actually demonstrated as discernment in the desert, okay? If you go to uh, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is baptized in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost, it says it immediately leads him to the desert, right? When he's led to the desert, he goes into this battle with Satan. Now, who is Satan? Satan is a spirit, a fallen angel, who has vowed to not worship God, but to get men to worship him, right? He, in his mind, he is a God, okay? And so James chapter 2 defines Satan 
as one who knows scripture, right? He actually says that, that Satan knows the Bible better than any one of us. He knows exactly what that scripture says. Okay, so when Satan is in the desert with Jesus and Jesus is being tested, what is it a test of? And you have to get this concept, okay? It is not a test of the, um, the Bible, okay? It is a test of the Holy Spirit. So, some of you are sitting there going, yeah, but Jesus said that it's written, it's written, it's written. Well, let's talk about that, okay? So, Satan takes, uh, takes Jesus and says, um, hey, doesn't the Bible say that if, you know, you hurt yourself or you're going to hurt yourself, that he sends his angel before you? Um, that uh, you'll not dash your foot against a stone. He says, you know, just jump off of here and your angel will come get you, right? So Jesus is being tempted by Satan using scripture, but under a demonic intent to trap Jesus. And Jesus says, it is written, right? So what, 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 is, what is Jesus referencing when, when he says it's written, Okay. I would, I would uh, say this. Jesus is actually going back to the Bible and he knows exactly what Satan is talking about. He knows in Psalm 91 that it says that, that uh, he will not let you dash your foot against a stone, that he sends his angel before you, that, that the angel of the Lord will come and protect you. So if you jump from here, then all is well because it says that the angel is going to come protect you. And Jesus is using discernment and he's actually relying on the Holy Spirit saying, no, it is written. Okay. He's actually saying that the Holy Spirit is being written on my heart of flesh. I don't rely on the heart of stone in the old Testament way of life. He says, I rely on the voice of the spirit to discern and I discern Satan. You are trying to deceive me using scripture. Okay. And so as Jesus is saying, it is written, he says it three times. It is written. Jesus is verifying that the Holy spirit with him is writing on his heart, revealing to him that Satan is a deceiver. Satan is a tempter. Satan is trying to use what is written in Old Testament scripture to deceive Jesus, to worship him instead of the voice of the Lord, God himself, right? So what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God present on earth. It is the hand of God. It is God present. Jesus actually says in, in Luke 11 that when a devil is cast out of a man that surely the finger of God, the Holy Spirit has come upon him. Okay. So the Holy Spirit is actually the finger is what writes on the heart. Okay. The Lord is actually touching the heart of Jesus in this encounter with Satan. And he's discerning by the voice of the Lord saying the father's writing on my heart and therefore I defeat you, Satan. That's, that's what that whole encounter in the desert is because when it, when at the end of the desert encounter, it actually says that Jesus came out in the power of the spirit. Go read it. Matthew chapter four, Jesus came out in the power of the spirit. So what is the power of the spirit? That when you are in deceptive situations where even the devil is using scripture to, to deceive you, you sit back and let the Holy Spirit speak to you because you know the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit knows you and your dependence on the Holy Spirit is what makes you supernatural and gives you discernment to even know then what, that what is written is being used to deceive you by an evil power. Most of the church can't even get anywhere close to that concept. You know why? Because they have this demonic agenda driving them to worship a Bible. And if you worship a Bible and simply just look at it for what it is, that it is written and it is true, but a spirit using a scripture in the wrong context, in the wrong situation is meant to deceive you. That's what an angel of light does. It uses truth for a demonic intent to enslave you because it wants you to never be like Jesus coming out of the wilderness and the power of the spirit. Okay. You get that guys, the power of the Holy ghost. 
Discernment is a function of the Holy Spirit. It is not a function of simply you measuring and saying, does it meet exactly what Scripture says? Satan knows what Scripture says. So don't fall into that trap. You have to give your life in prayer to know the Holy Spirit profoundly. Then and only then will you function in true discernment. It actually says in, in Isaiah 11, verse 2 through 4, it says that when Jesus comes, he would be clothed in the sevenfold Spirit of God, right? Spirit of wisdom, understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of knowledge, which is the spirit of intimacy and the fear of the Lord. You could say that the fear of the Lord is a product of intimacy. And out of that intimacy with the Holy Spirit, the fear of God came on Satan. And Satan no longer had the power over Jesus because Jesus knew intimately the Father and the fear of God came on Satan. Satan, fl Satan fled. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He fled, right? And so judgment is a product of discernment. If you go in, in Isaiah 11, verse 3 and 4, it actually says that Jesus did not judge by the seeing of the eye and the hearing of the ear. That's he's talking about natural interpretation, natural view of the world. It says that he judged with the gift of true discernment. True discernment is a spiritual encounter. It's a spiritual impartation that you know the Holy Spirit so profoundly that you can't be tricked by what appears to be true. You see, the church is lacking deep discernment in this hour because people are trained to simply be dumbed down to measure things according to Scripture. And you're not supposed to measure according simply to, to what the Bible says. And don't get me wrong, you know, the Bible is very clear about what sin is. That's a very important concept. I'm talking about deep levels of discernment. Jesus came out of a temptation using Scripture in the power of the Spirit because he knew the Spirit. And so, so you cannot judge properly without the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can't simply default to having confidence that something lines up or doesn't line up according to Scripture. Okay? It's actually a, a discerning gift of the Spirit. Amen? So in John chapter 14... Um, Jesus has such a high value of the Holy Spirit. Um, he says this, And I will pray to the Father, He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him or knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. On that day that you know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments, right? He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. All right, now what's going on here? To the average religious guy, they will, they will default and say commandments is the Bible, okay? Eh, that's wrong, okay? <laughs> that is wrong. First off, Jesus is talking about the difference between adoption and an orphan. An orphan is somebody who doesn't know the Holy Spirit, okay? Somebody who's been adopted has received the power of the Holy Spirit and is led by the voice of the Spirit. And he's talking here about this concept of knowing Him. He says, knowing Him, knowing Him, knowing Him, knowing Him, knowing Him, right? We talked um, a few sessions ago about the Greek word epigenisko, all right, um, or the word genisco. It actually means to know him in contrast of having simple knowledge of him. If you have knowledge of him, you have biblical awareness of him, but you don't know him. The only way you know him is by the Spirit. You are you spend so much time in the Spirit, in prayer, that you know what, is say, what he's saying, you know his voice, you're led by his voice, and you are made supernatural because you know him. You genisco him, right? That's the, that's the Hebrew version of Yadah, the intimacy. You are made intimate by the Spirit of God. So the word commandments is actually the word telos. It's actually um, 
the meaning of the spirit of prophecy. It actually means the vision of the Lord, the Lord revealing in the moment the intent. He's giving you discernment by the helper, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are hearing and seeing vision and the Lord is leading you through life. And no longer are you a victim or or, or are you an orphan, but because you know him, because you know the Holy Spirit, he is giving you telos. He's given you prophetic insight. He's given you the meaning and given you the intent of the situation and you're able to discern it by the voice of God. And therefore you function in John 5, 19, right? Jesus only did what he saw his father do in heaven. He functioned by vision, which confounded the religious guys, the Pharisees who knew only about scripture and made scripture their God. Okay, so he's saying, Jesus is actually saying that I will send you the Holy Spirit and he will lead you into knowing me. He will lead you to profound prophetic revelation and, and you will follow my voice. I will reveal to you and you will be obedient in following my voice. This spirit of truth is, Jesus calls it the spirit of truth. Jesus calls truth revelatory in the moment. He says, you will know my voice so profoundly. You will know the voice of the spirit so profoundly that I will reveal truth to you. You will not be deceived the way Satan tried to deceive me with scripture in the desert. You also will do the same level of spiritual discernment. And Paul illustrates this concept in um, Acts chapter 16, right? The story of the slave girl. Paul was walking um, through Ephesus and, um, you know, the place where, I'm sorry, it wasn't Ephesus, it was actually Macedonia. He's walking through Macedonia where they worship the Queen of Heaven, right? Lady Diana, which which is, you know, the, it's, it's Jezebel. It is, they actually worshiped um, a demonic entity, okay? They practice witchcraft every day. Uh, they openly did seances in the streets. They, it was a very evil place. Okay. Um, sex magic, all, all kind of stuff was done in this region. Okay. And the witchcraft enslaved the people. Okay. Now <clears throat> truth was used by demonic power to, to deceive Paul. Okay. The same way Jesus was tempted in the desert by a demonic by Satan to deceive him using scripture and Jesus knew the voice of the Lord the same thing the same concept is what tried to deceive Paul on his way into Macedonia to release a revival okay this is Acts chapter 16 verse 16 to 18 it happened that as we were on our way to the place of prayer right? Paul's going into intimacy. Prayer means intimacy, right? The He's going to get the knowledge of God for the region, and the enemy is trying to thwart him from his time of intimacy with the Spirit, okay? <clears throat> so Paul is going to the place of prayer. As he's going uh, into the um, on his way to prayer, it says, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination that actually is the word python divination is a witchcraft intent to uh, deceive and constrict through a false um, intent a, a, a and what appears to be true um, but it's meant to constrict if you bow to it there's many people powerless because they're under a spirit of divination right now but we're gonna talk about that in a minute and get you set free from that amen so Paul um, was met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. She brought her owners a good profit by fortune telling. Okay. So fortune telling is a pimping of a prophetic gift. Okay. It's, it's the same gift. It's just by, by a demonic power instead of by the Holy spirit, words of knowledge are used by a demonic entity through a person to enslave people. Okay, so if you've been to a fortune teller, I'm here, I'm telling you right now, you actually think you're being set free, but you're actually being enslaved. Okay, so this slave girl followed after Paul um, and kept screaming and shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God. They are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. 
She continued doing this for several days. Then Paul, being greatly annoyed and worn out, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out of her that very moment. Now, wait a minute. This girl was speaking truth, right? How many preachers today, if, if, a, if a slave girl was following them around town, here's a great preacher, here's a man of God, they'd be sitting there in their prideful manner saying, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. But Paul did not listen to what appeared to be true coming from her mouth. Paul discerned spiritually what was happening, that she was actually trying to release a curse on him, right, and confine him because of what is perceived to be real, what is perceived to be true. But Paul used the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, to discern that this slave girl was under the power of witchcraft, trying to use divination to release a curse on Paul so that Paul would sit there and gloat in, in, in the crowd. Yes, this is a great man of God, great man of God, instead of Paul going into a place of intimacy and prayer to hear what the Spirit was saying for the region. Okay, and we all know the story, the, you know, revival breaks out, um, supernatural things happen in, in Macedonia. And, um, you know, the, the point is that Paul relied on the relationship with the Holy Spirit to hear what the Spirit was saying instead of being deceived by a witchcraft spirit working through a person speaking a true thing. Okay? So the word divination here um, is actually the Greek word meaning python, pythos. Um, it, 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 right? This is a snake that kills by constriction. It doesn't kill you immediately. It squeezes and squeezes and squeezes until you can't breathe. And so divination is actually at war with the wind. Okay? The wind of the Spirit is actually um, what was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And Satan actually fears a person relying on a Pentecost relationship with the Holy Spirit with an expectation that you go into the upper room in prayer and the wind of God will come and you will, you will have uh, tongues of fire, you will have prophecy, which is the product of vision that comes from the gift of tongues, and then you will be so intoxicated that you pour out into the street and reproduce the real church the real um, awakening of the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And so divination is actually sent to thwart the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Divination, um, I believe that divination um, is a strategy of Satan to take men who have actually heard God and were sent by God to, but get thwarted. They get, they get held up by something that appears to be true but <laughs> because they don't have spiritual discernment or they don't um, go to prayer and learn to fight divination um, with the voice of the Spirit, um, instead they stand there and gloat and, and pride kicks in and people are actually constricted and limited. And instead of the Spirit of God being poured out, um, people are actually deceived by divination using what appears to be true, but is actually meant to constrict so that the wind of God is not poured out onto the people of God. Amen. You get in the picture? Because here's the deal, guys. In a natural state, Paul would have perceived that she is correct, right? She was going, she was going to prayer with him. But what she was saying was actually a spell. She was casting a spell on Paul that's just like Jesus in the desert. Satan was trying to use what is true to cast a spell on, on Jesus so that he would worship Satan. And Jesus says, no, 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 I know the Holy Spirit and he writes on my heart. I don't default to a heart of stone that simply is deceived by written scripture. I don't have a heart of stone. That's what Jesus was saying. I don't have a heart of stone. I have a heart of flesh that the Holy Spirit writes on in this moment and revealing to me by the Spirit of God that I'm being trying that I'm being deceived by a divination of Satan using what appears to be true but has a demonic intent to enslave and constrict so that the outpouring of the Holy Ghost wouldn't come. What would have happened to Jesus if he would have bowed to what appeared to be true with Satan? 
He never would have went to the cross and he never would have released the power of the Holy Ghost and the wind never would have came, which empowered the awakening of the real church to be made supernatural. Amen. You getting the picture? And Paul functioned in the same discernment. Paul dis discerned by the spirit that he was being deceived by what appeared to be true and what she was saying as true, but was actually an enslaving, constricting um, spell being cast by demonic power upon Paul, right? And so when Paul discerned a demon working through the girl, he commanded the demon to go, right? And immediately that supernatural demonic entity was driven out of the slave girl and no longer could the slave girl even do fortune telling, right? And so all the, the men who owned the slave girl who made money off of her false prophecy. <laughs> you getting a picture, guys? The false prophecy by the slave girl speaking what appeared to be true but enslaving the people. They lost their income. And I'm telling you this, guys. There's a lot of men standing in pulpits um, that are speaking what appears to be true that's actually um, enslavement. It's actually a demonic constriction on the church getting you to put your 10% in a tithing plate and never seeing the outpouring of the Holy Ghost happen in the city or wherever you're standing. Amen. We need discernment in the church. We need people in the pulpit who are not bowing to systems and simple um scripture uh repeating scripture it appears to be true so i'm just speaking scripture no it is the power of the kingdom of heaven is the holy spirit and jesus demonstrated that we need men in the pulpit who are intimate with the holy spirit so who are so intimate we need men and women in the pulpit who are so profoundly intimate with the holy spirit that they don't um get deceived by what appears to be true but they are led by the Spirit to break the spell of demonic powers in regions. You see, Paul went in and confronted Jezebel, who ruled a region. And an outbreak of the Holy Ghost happened as Paul was able to discern evil in one encounter and break the grip of that demonic entity. Amen? Amen. You get the picture. You see, without the Holy Spirit, the gift of discernment isn't present. And discernment is what is, I believe discernment is the most powerful gift there is because discernment is a spiritual knowing of the Spirit that releases every other gift of the Spirit. Okay? Every other gift of the Spirit will not be released in power without discerning good versus evil, without discerning Satan's intent to deceive, using scripture versus um, the intent of the Holy Spirit writing on the hearts of men. Amen. So we have entire denominations blinded by a spirit of divination. Sensationalists, they believe that the Holy Spirit doesn't even exist in this, in this day and hour. They believe that um, the Holy Spirit passed away and that the voice of God doesn't exist. All you have is the Bible to worship. My gosh, it's that's the most that's the most powerful deception there is. Some some of these denominations, um, you know, fun, fundamental Baptists, and um, you know, you can go down through the list. These these denominations that literally say that Scripture is God's voice. That's not God's voice. It's Scripture. Jesus lived by the voice. He defeated Satan by the voice of the Holy Ghost. And so shall you. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. And I believe what's going to happen um, in, this, in this next generation is an awakening of a level of discernment that we have not seen since the early days and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. As evil gets more and, and more prevalent, as evil uh, literally is choking out the church. There are going to be those who the Lord wakes up to be made supernatural, like the prophets in the Old Testament, like David, who who defeated giants um, because of the voice of the Spirit. Um, so too shall there be an awakening of intimacy in this hour. There's the Lord is calling shepherds today to create intimate places who will birth young um, men and women who will 
be so profoundly impacted by the Holy Spirit. And, and this gift of discernment is going to literally um, be the, the, the force that awakens a generation because individuals will stand up and, and call what appears to be true a lie. An actual work of divination um, of a demonic entity who's using biblical scripture as a means of um, confining and restricting an entire generation in dead, powerless religion. And the Lord in this hour is going to be pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh in a supernatural way. There's going to be a love affair with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I just I just decree um, a love affair uh, with the Holy Spirit because here's the deal: Satan fears somebody who has spiritual discernment. He feared Jesus. He had the revelation that Jesus couldn't be tempted and defeated in the desert. And Satan knew his days were numbered from that point forward. Satan actually lost it in the desert, guys. He didn't lose it at the cross. He lost it at the desert because Jesus Jesus revealed his power source. Jesus revealed that it was the Holy Ghost that made him supernatural, that sent him into the world to pour out the Spirit of God. Amen? And Jesus accomplished it on the cross. And when he sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he vowed, he was prophesying that men of the earth would walk in the power of true discernment. They would know the voice of the Spirit. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be deceived and constricted by um, something that's written on paper, but under the power of a demonic um, manipulation, putting a spell on people right? Instead, there would be those who know the Holy Spirit profoundly, who walk like Christ, who will do greater works in Christ. That's, that's what Jesus said in John 14, that you will do greater works. And the only way you will do greater works is when you stop being a, a puppet of a guy in a pulpit of a dead religious system who, who, who's been telling you for years, read your Bible, read your Bible, worship your Bible, know what the Bible says. Instead, you will spend your time knowing the Spirit and the heart of the Spirit who is able to lead you into understanding of the, the Scripture and the time and the place of its intent and, and at proper application of Scripture in the right place. Right, Because the Holy Spirit leads you to use Scripture in certain situations. You don't default to just using um, words on paper as your main means of life. It's the Holy Spirit that gives life, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The concept of the letter killing is when man alone tries to interpret the Bible, it's not possible. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal its intent. And that's what Jesus did in his victory in the desert. He said, the Holy Spirit writes in my heart. My heart is alive. And I am dependent on the Holy Spirit writing on my heart. I don't have a heart of stone that is, that is um, literally unmovable. That's, that's, what, that's a picture of the old covenant. It's unmovable. It's written in stone. So if you have a heart of stone, the Lord's saying you're unmovable. You, you're, right, you're, you're rigid. You're stubborn. You are in need of being resurrected by the Holy Ghost in power. Amen. And so the prophecy, Jesus in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is actually prophesying that the discerning of spirits is going to be poured out upon men. And when it's poured out, when, when it comes upon you, those listening to me right now, when, when, the, when the discerning of spirits comes upon you, guess what? You've just turned the tables on your enemy. No longer are you a victim trying to conform to an image. You are waiting to be written on like Jesus in the desert. The Holy Ghost writes on your heart and you come out in the power. You come out resurrected in the power of the Spirit. And that's the power that Jesus said that he would give to people when, when he said in Mark 16, he says, go into all the world and preach a gospel, right? In my name, you will cast out demons. You will speak in new tongues. You will take up serpents. And if anything deadly um, comes, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will be made well. And I want to emphasize a point here. When he says take up serpents, he's actually meaning to discern. 
okay? He's actually meaning that you will walk into regions, you will walk into cities and not be a victim of the, of the entity that rules that region, that he will actually reveal to you um, its deception, he will reveal to you its, its intent, and he will position you to confront it and break its power. Just like Paul walks into Macedonia and the slave girl under the spell of witchcraft releases a divination, a constriction upon Paul using a half-truth, but under the, a demonic power, Paul broke it. And when he broke it and cast the demon out of the girl because he discerned the demonic intent of it, um, that same anointing is coming upon you guys. Amen. The ability to take up serpents, the, the word take up, the, the term take up serpents has two key elements that define the intent of the call to war. First, it's to be separated from a spirit, right? Um, the, the word take up serpents has two, two Greek words. The first part of the word means to be separated from a demonic spirit. And so the concept of taking up a serpent Paul walking into a new region didn't have a choice. The Lord leads him into a new region in Macedonia and immediately a demonic spirit comes to enslave him. And Paul is literally led by the Spirit of God to take up serpents. So if Paul would have bowed to this lying spirit through a slave girl trying to keep him powerless, saying, Paul, you're a man of God. Paul, you're a man of God. Guess what would have happened? There would have been no revival because Paul would not have separated himself from the python spirit trying to choke and deceive him. Right? You get the picture? So, you know, things such as curses, generational spirits, demonic forces designed to keep you spiritually blind to your prophetic de destiny are things that the Lord will lead you into battle against to break the spell, to break word curses, right? To break half-truths under demonic intent that were spoken over you will be broken off from you. Amen? And so the second part of the word means to fight against demonic powers, um, you know, to deliver you, to deliver your family, your church, your workplace, your city block. You get the picture, right? War is not optional in the context of being a real Christian, right? There, there's demonic intent to use stuff in the Bible to enslave you, to use half-truths to enslave you. And the only way um, you can properly discern is by the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Many of you been, have been deceived into um, forced tithing, right? You guys, a lot of you have heard, have heard um, Malachi 4 um, about, I'm sorry, Malachi... Um, Three about the concept of you know God will not be mocked. Um, you know God God will be angry if you don't bring your tithe into the storehouse. Many I I deal with many deliverance situations where people say yeah but I was told that you know um, if I don't give my tithe then I'm going to feel the wrath of God. Well you know I'm not going to get into this in deep detail but if you're under the law yeah you're forced to tithe. But if you're not under the law, you are in the law of the oracle of God, which is led by the Spirit of God, which is reaping and sowing, right? You, you are in a different law. You are in a, a led by the Spirit environment and not a condition environment. Again, a condition cannot save you. A condition confines um, and establishes you in a prison. It cannot save. It reveals your heart of stone, right? And, but you guys are different. You guys don't have hearts of stone. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You, you've been led by the Spirit and discernment. Um, there's a freedom in waiting for the voice of the Lord to speak to you. You cannot be deceived if you are waiting and then only moving according to the voice of the Lord. But if your desire, if you feel the pressure that you have to move, um, then guess what? You will make mistakes. You will, you will um, conform to a dead to a dead thing. All right. But if you wait on the Spirit, the Spirit will resurrect you because you're being led by the Spirit. All right. You get the picture. The Spirit of Truth is a revelation, guys. The Spirit of Truth is a, is the voice of the Living God who promises to speak to you 
um, in the moment that you stand in. Amen. So I just, I want to pray for you because this is a very defining revelation. Um, this, this, this concept that I'm bringing to you today, um, will separate you into freedom, um, and have the ability to position you to break curses, to break uh, words that you thought were true, that were spoken over you. It'll, it'll position you to trust and cry out to the Holy Spirit in fasting and prayer, um, knowing that he will not only resurrect you when he speaks, but empower you to discern in the places you go to so that you won't be a victim of things that appear to be righteous that are actually an intent of evil to enslave you in dead religious processes. Amen. But you you will develop such an intimacy with the Holy Spirit that you know that you know that you know Him. Right? Paul said, I pray that you would know Him beyond knowledge. Ephesians 3.19, that you would know Him beyond knowledge. And there's a whole, there's entire denominations who have their whole thought process built on knowledge about Him and they, the, the sensationalists say that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak today, so they don't know Him. All they know is their own perception of Scripture that is oftentimes demonically twisted. It has an intent of, if, if, you, if you don't have the Holy Spirit to protect you, then it doesn't mean that Satan isn't in your life. It actually means that you're a victim of a demonic twist of what is um, true biblically. Okay, just like Jesus in the desert, the only way he came out of the desert in power was in knowing the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I know I know people are people are being awakened in deep ways with this teaching. People are being awakened and equipped in ways that they're like, why didn't I ever hear this before? Why did? Well, because because the Lord is. Um, you're in a season. If you're listening to my stuff, you are, you are being brought into an element of intimacy with the Holy Spirit that is deep and profound. And He is going to use you. I'm prophesying to you right now. He is going to use you not only to break curses and to break generational blindness off of your own family, to break sickness off your family, but He is awakening you to follow the true meaning of Christianity, which is the power of the voice of God who leads you through life. And you will not be a victim on the earth by half-truths. You will not be enslaved by half-truths through demonic intent. But you will have the gift of true discernment in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you will not only walk in freedom, but you will lead those around you in freedom as you prophesy into their life, as you speak the true voice of the Lord into their life and set them free from dead religious things and demonic enslavement. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you release intimacy in great power that discernment of the spirits that discernment of even divination lord would come upon people i pray for those who in recent years were on the right path but they they met a slave girl speaking half truths inspired by the spirit of divination that enslaved them and got them off track that actually put them in a prison for a season so father in jesus name i break that prison and I, I just decree over the people, Lord, in Jesus' name, that the power of the Holy Ghost, that discernment um, through intimacy, the fire of God, the voice of God is even um, purging the Levite um, from the dead religious system that they've bowed to. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that people will discern, Lord, the witchcraft and the divination, the sorcery that has worked against them. Lord, that they would rise up in the power of the Spirit and speak the vision of the Lord against it. And those, those works of witchcraft and divination would fall. Lord, I break every constriction that's upon the people right now. Lord, and I just release the light of Christ into their darkness. I release uh, the water of Christ into their desert and decree that you will no longer walk in the desert place, but you will walk in the place of the outpouring of the river of life. In Jesus' name, I break every deception of Satan working to enslave the people and confining them to dead, powerless systems and routines. Um, that anything, Lord, that Satan used to get the people to worship him by using half-truth, Lord. I break that off of the people right now in the name of Jesus. And I just decree over you, I prophesy to you, rise up, 
rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Be baptized today in the power of the Holy Ghost. You will drink the river of life, the waters of life of the Holy Spirit, and you will not be dry, even, even in a place where it appears dry and there is no... Um, connection with people of love. There is no connection with a true church. Even if you're walking alone right now, I release the power of the presence of the Lord upon you and that that python spirit is being broken and separated from you in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the grace of spiritual prayer and intimacy be released upon every person right now in the name of Jesus. All right, guys. Um, it's great with you today. Um, hope Hope you got a lot from that. It's a lot to chew on. Um, there's probably a lot of religion that many of you um, are being separated from, but all I can do is encourage you at this point, pray in the Holy Ghost. Fast and pray in the Holy Ghost and watch how the Lord delivers you out of the falsities of this earth. Amen. So God bless you. Have a great day. Um, message me. Let me know what's going on. I'm always interested to hear from you guys. Um, and uh, man, we get, we've got people from over 60 nations listening to this. Um, <clears throat> never in my wildest dreams that I think it would grow to this point. But uh, I, I encourage you guys, reach out. Um, we're going to Slovakia um, for, for a week in uh, June. So I'm not sure what time this is going to air. But uh, we're going to Slovakia. And of course, we're doing things really every weekend in, in different places here in the U.S. So... If you're interested to grow deeper in the Holy Ghost, um, reach out to me and uh, we'll see what we can organize. All right. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.